So Money episode 139, Ask Farnoosh. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome to So Money, everyone. How are you doing? Happy Saturday. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. I am coming at you from San Francisco. That's right. I have uh, traveled to the West Coast for the week. I'll be visiting uh, my family, doing some work out here, um, and I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, beautiful out here on the West Coast. My mother has for years been trying to lure us to move here and plant some roots, but I'm an East Coast gal, and I think that's where we're going to be for a while to come, but uh, it's nice to visit, I have to say. It's beautiful, and um, and uh, everyone here is very, very nice and welcoming, so Excited to be here for uh, the upcoming days. In the meantime, it is Saturday, and uh, as it is Saturday, I want to uh, congratulate our new winner of the free 15-minute money session with me. This person uh, went on to iTunes, left a review to qualify, and I want to thank uh, La- Labari K. And I don't know if you're male or female, um, but uh, I thank you. I thank you. Uh, the title of your review is A True Personal Podcast for the Masses. And um, this reviewer says, I've been listening to So Money since the beginning. Not only has each of my days become So Money, but my life has become So Money. The podcast is a must for anyone interested in personal finance. Farnoosh's podcast style is relatable to the young and the not so young. She has notable famous names on her daily podcast, as well as names that might not be so distinguished, but no matter who the guest of the show, that they tell a story which creates financial inspiration to all, no matter where they're where they may be in their financial life. There is not a day which goes by that I do not take my 30-minute dose of financial inspiration. Keep up the amazing work, Farnoosh. Wow, you're really a a, a devotee, Labari K. I really, really Labari, Labari, sorry. I, I, these nicknames are so funny and cute on, on iTunes. So I love reading them out loud and botching them perhaps. But thank you you so much. This is uh, truly a review that indicates you are a fan. And for this, I'm happy to gift you a free 15-minute session with me. And if you don't have a question, sometimes I find that my my winners don't really have a financial question. They just want to hang out and chat. That's cool too. Uh, email me, farnoosh at somoneypodcast.com, and I will quickly respond, I will as quickly as I can respond and give you uh, some options for getting together. And uh, thank you. And so, as a reminder to everyone listening, if you want to be a potential winner of a free 15-minute money session with me, the way you qualify is you go on iTunes and you leave a review and each Saturday I pick one, one person. So congratulations and thank you. All right, let's get to our questions. We've got a question here from Kevin this day and he says, how much is enough to retire with? I've seen lots of different answers. Is there one good rule of thumb? Oh, there's so many rules of thumb, Kevin. And I've seen that, you know, Generally speaking, you want to have between eight to like 12 times your income. I think I, I read last year they did a study and they found 11 times your income is the sweet spot. 
And that is income that you're earning in the latter part of your career, not earning money you know, in your 20s times 10, but perhaps in your 50s times 8 to 9 or 10. So um, as an example, if you project that you're going to be earning, let's say based on your career trajectory, that you're going to be earning $100,000 by the time you are approaching retirement, then you want to probably have about a million in the bank at minimum. But those rules of thumb are, you know, they're just ballpark figures and this this quest for enough, you know, how much is enough, and I'm using air quotes around enough, is entirely subjective. And it's going to depend on a number of factors. And I'll go through them a little bit here for you just to give you some context. You know, what you want to consider is very importantly, when you want to retire. You know, traditionally people are retired around 65. But now as we are living longer and we are more energetic in our, in our older ages, like 60s, people are like, I'm not going to retire. I've, I have a lot of energy. I want to, I can continue working and I, I frankly need to because I don't have enough money saved. So they continue to work in their 60s, later 60s, even early 70s. So if this is something that you, as just a, as just part of your lifestyle, anticipate wanting to do, that may mean that you won't have to save as much because you're going to be making some money. You also want to consider whether you plan to work a little bit during retirement or not. Um, You also want to consider your health. Now, you might be healthy today, and I hope that continues for you throughout your life, but medical bills are a major wild card in retirement. It's this big unknown. And so for that reason, it's always important to save a little bit more than you think you need because in the event that you might want to... um, get assisted living, or you need to go on a very specific drug for medication that isn't necessarily covered entirely by insurance. These are all things that you want to have that nest egg for. And for some people who are in their 30s, 40s, they're considering maybe getting long-term health care, long-term health insurance, which is basically an insurance that you pay into that is there for you to provide for things like um, assisted living, nursing. Uh, Basically, long-term health insurance kicks in when you uh, have been um, when it, when it is proven that you cannot function entirely alone on by yourself, you know that you need help with walking, with um, with eating, with um, taking your medication, things like that, where you actually need um, some assistance, and that's when our long term healthcare will actually you know be be ready and 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 there for you. But a lot of people do think of getting that. And stats show that many of us will need that uh, kind of care in the older years. So it's worth it to kind of invest in an insurance like that. So just uh, something to consider. Another thing you want to consider is your lifestyle in retirement. Do you want to travel? Do you want to stay put? Maybe sell your house, move into a more affordable place? What will your social security payments be? And you can get that projection by going to ssa.gov. It's a social security administration website and you just go in there and log in and they will have, I actually know my projection is going to be something. If I quit working today, they said, I think I'm going to be getting something like 20 some hundred dollars, like $2,400 a month from the, uh, from the, from the government, which isn't bad. Um, it's not enough to live off of, but it's good to know that if I, you know, if I put, throw in the towel today, that's kind of what my payout would be. So my rule of thumb is that if you're in your 20s, you want to start saving as soon as possible. Start with at least 10% of your income uh, saved automatically, annually, every year into your work 401k or an IRA. Maybe it's even 15%. And if you're older and you haven't started saving at all, you want to be extra aggressive. So at least 15%, if not 20% of your income every year 
And again, make it automatic. At this pace, I think you'll be way better off than a lot of Americans are currently. Currently, a lot of us have nothing. In fact, the Federal Reserve ran a survey recently and found that 31% of Americans have zero in their retirement accounts, including nearly 25% of those people who are older than 45. So those folks, unfortunately, will have to work longer than they probably would like and um, will will be stressed to save a lot of their income currently. And there are calculators online, everyone, that can help you better boil down your personal retirement savings goal. There's choose to save.org. That's one place. AARP is also uh, a great resource for all things uh, retirement and aging, but particularly they have great calculators and tools pertaining to retirement. And if you want to work with a certified financial planner, that person will absolutely be able to make some realistic calculations for you and help you work backwards to get to those goals. So good luck, good question, and I hope this helped a lot of listeners. Jacqueline writes in, she says, I love your podcast, and so does my eight-year-old. I homeschool my four kids, and so they hear things that I listen to. My eight-year-old ends her day like this before she goes to bed. Thanks for listening to So Money with Farnoosh Tarabi. I hope your day was so money. Good night, mom. (laughs) Jacqueline, I I emailed you as soon as I got this, right? And I said, this is probably the coolest, sweetest, nicest, most touching email I've gotten in a long time. Um, Makes me want to get up every morning and do this podcast to know that there are young kids out there listening, feeling inspired, getting jazzed over the sometimes redundancy of this podcast. But you know what? If it's if it's getting to you, which it is, I'm I'm happy to say that I'm making some a difference in someone's little life, and 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 hopefully that brings a smile to your face as it is to mine. And thank you. And tell your little eight year old she is so money. I highly respect her. She's a wonderful role model and you're doing a great job. I'm, 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 you as mom, you know, I'm very impressed homeschooling four kids. I know that can't be easy. So thank you for the great work that you do as, as a super mom and for being a fan. I, I really appreciate the email. Thanks, Jacqueline. Sarah asks, do you have any suggestions for socially responsible or environmentally responsible investments? I'm a complete beginner with investing and would love to get started with something simple like an index fund. But from what I can tell, it's difficult to find one that can assure you they aren't investing your money with companies like Monsanto, which is a company that I go to great lengths to avoid supporting with my shopping dollars. Thanks for any tips you can provide. Your show has been a great resource of inspiration to me. Well, thanks, Sarah. And this is a great question. I think that a lot of my listeners have uh, would would echo what you're what you're voicing, which is that you know socially responsible investing is important to us, and it is fortunately a big category in the investment world. I would say check out greenamerica.org. Greenamerica.org. There's also Domini.com, D-O-M-I-N-I.com. That's one of the larger fund groups of socially responsible investments. And my advice to you as far as understanding the ingredients in those funds is you can check out what is actually included in any fund by visiting its website. Often they are, they are transparent on the website for that fund. And you can also, if you're going to get serious about this and you really want to know, um, there are paid subscription sites like Morningstar.com which evaluate funds, and they have all of the nitty-gritty on that site too, like as far as what the individual investments are in in every fund, and they break it down. And so that way you can decide for yourself if you want to participate or not. 
in that particular fund. But do a little bit more research. The web is a great resource. And greenamerica.org, dominee.com, morningstar.com. Those would be my three picks. Matt asks, I listened to the podcast with Stacy, your financial planner, and I found the discussion about bookkeeping and hiring a bookkeeper to be very helpful. Would you ever have time to expand on the subject, such as costs, how you find a bookkeeper, what to look for? I spent a lot of time going through my spreadsheets and would really benefit from this, but not sure how to determine what I need. Thank you. Yeah, Matt, sure. I'll, I'll expand on this for a little bit now. Bookkeepers are a great resource. Uh, we talk a lot about outsourcing on this show. And if you have a business or you have a lot of uh, spreadsheets, as you say, uh, maybe it's worth it to hire some part-time health help. And I actually, me, I do my own bookkeeping. I'm a very small operation. And because I use my business credit card for most related purchases to the business, I can personally track my expenses easily online. Um and QuickBooks is a great tool if you want to go the DIY route. Uh, that said, I have an accountant and he helps me uh, with all of my tax paperwork and he has an assistant that gathers all of my uh, bookkeeping that I've done over the year. And then she sort of takes a second look at it just to um, make sure that my math has been correct. So I do have somebody who's like double checking my work. And um, he actually offered me someone on his staff to do the bookkeeping from soup to nuts for me, which is essentially, you know, tracking my income, tracking my expenses, submitting my invoices, making sure that I get paid on time for my different um, payers. But I said, you know, no thanks. I want to do this myself. I know it takes me time and, I, and I'm and i a big fan of outsourcing in other ways, but I find that for me to do my own bookkeeping, it is important because it keeps me having a very close financial relationship with my business and I know um, what's coming in, what's going out. But if you don't want to do this, and that's totally your prerogative, and you feel that someone else would be better at do- doing this for you, there are a lot of ways you can go about it. You can first go around and ask by talking to different CPAs, certified public accountants or um, tax attorneys who may have bookkeepers on their staff. And you can also ask for referrals from friends and colleagues, request to run a background check and a credit check on this person before hiring them, especially if they're going to be having access to your bank accounts. That's important. And I read an article recently that said that the rates for hiring a bookkeeper on a part-time basis, which is probably what you're looking for. You probably don't need someone full-time, but maybe somebody who's doing, you know, three to five hours of work for you a week or 10 hours a month, something like that. Um, it's anywhere from $15 to $60 an hour, depending on the intensity of your of your bookkeeping. And uh, that also depends that price on whether that person's working remotely or has to come to your home or to your office to do this. So if, uh, you know, I think to make this cheaper for you and more even efficient is like as much as you can organize, as much as you can track that isn't cumbersome that you can then give to a bookkeeper to either double check or fill in the blanks or pick up the slack, I think you can save yourself money overall uh, as opposed to just saying, here are my passwords for all my accounts, um, go. <laughs> so uh, doing a little bit of um, of the setup work yourself will save you a lot of money in hiring a bookkeeper. But yeah, ask, for, ask around, ask CPAs, ask friends and other uh, fellow business owners who they like to work with. And if this person works independently, uh, do ask for a credit check. And if they work for a firm, hopefully the firm can provide you with uh, credentials. 
And that is a wrap, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this edition of So Money coming from you, coming to you from the West Coast. Hope you have a great rest of your weekend. See you right back here tomorrow. And I hope the rest of your day, Jacqueline, you know the cue, is so money. So money.